Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us. Ladies and gentlemen, Elena is my co-host tonight as we tackle this very challenging topic concerning dissatisfaction. You wake up in the day and the day ends and you feel like you have not done much. Is that a feeling only unique to me or do you share the same feeling? Please go ahead and share with us in the chat group. Let us know what you think. You can also call in. Just dial the calling button and I'll be able to pick up if you'd like to say uh, something. Then eventually later on, I'm going to go ahead and share with us from God's Word. I'll go ahead and uh, encourage and if you have any questions, you can post them in the chat and I'll be able to answer them or I'll ask someone to answer those questions uh, for us. Meanwhile, I'll play for you this song for you to always remember that God is stronger. is saying my time has been good during the lockdown but i really missed being in the bible institute classroom and receiving hard from my preschool students sorry about that so just take a picture of those preschool students next time and then during a time like this you can be able to have your pictures but sorry about that sorry about that and uh someone here called quincy i wonder who quincy is it doesn't sound like movie names but quincy is saying hello everyone and praise the Lord. Someone here called Ems. Ems. Ems is saying, working at home requires great discipline and a schedule, which I'm still yet to do. When I'm on top of the one of one game, I'm drowning in another. That sounds very, very familiar. If you identify with Ems, kindly give us a thumbs up, but I think I do. Just when you think you've mastered one thing, something else shows up and shows you that uh, perhaps you are not the master of anything like you thought. Aina, you're saying something. Yes, Daddy. Yeah, I was saying I was used to getting up very early in the morning, jumping onto a taxi, ready to arrive at Word of Life with so much energy to do everything. And now, here I was, waking up um, 
and I didn't have a taxi to run to, also many things to run to. And I was stuck, stuck in the mud, like in real life. And things were not moving. That is what the COVID time felt like. The the last few months have felt like. So yes, trending in the mud for me. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Osborne is saying, I kind of love uh, hanging around with my buddies. Life has not been the same again. Say, honestly, my life rotates around church and service, friends and family. It's not the same again since the outbreak of this pandemic. I'm yet to come to terms with the fact that life will continue like this much longer. We thought it could be a couple of months. We thought it would be a couple of weeks, but it looks like it's going to be hanging around much longer. You're right, Osborne. You're right. What do we do about it? How do we adjust? How do we adjust? How do we adjust? That's the big question. That's the big question. I How love what Kara is saying. Have you seen what Kara is saying? Like the positives that have come out of all this uh, negative. And she, she says she has learned a lot. It would be nice to hear what uh, those things have, uh, the lessons that she has been learning. And then Grace says that working at home has not been easy. For her as well um and yes we will be looking forward to the rest of the responses as we continue with this podcast today i'm seeing florence here saying hi all i thank god for this lockdown what how do you start like that <laughs> <laughs> i thank the lord for this lockdown. let's go he said i still know that he is god amen and the lord has been so good being involved in ministry working with young people in uganda it was my first year in ministry and the lord is teaching me a lot i miss young people seeing them face to face but still he is god and he knows the right time we shall meet again with them that is true he knows the last time and he says ministry online was challenging that is true not most of us know how to handle these things Ministry online can be challenging, data can be something, even when it's uh, social bundles, it's not as social as you thought. Uh, <laughs> work so from can... home bundles. <laughs> yeah, work from home bundles, that can be challenging, that can be challenging, but thank you so much Florence uh, for sharing. Elena, what do you think about this topic? Yeah. What are some of the thoughts that have been going through your mind as we're preparing for this uh, particular uh, time together? Uh, some of some of the thoughts that ran through my mind were the fact that it is only God that can pull you out of that mud. So t- tell us, tell us. You said you felt like a babysitter at some point. Eh? Uh, mm-hmm. So wh- what are some of the things that you have done that have helped you overcome this babysitter feeling? Now. There are so many of those, and they are going to be coming up in the message tonight. Don't be Deogratius is saying, lockdown has taught me that God holds everything in his hand. Many things have changed. No gathering together as if God has put it another tower of Babel being built somewhere. And so he scatters everyone to their houses. Today we are going to identify some things that cause that funny feeling of trading the mud and not going anywhere. I want to ask you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 9. And uh, starting from verse 30, then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and he did not want anyone to know, for he told his disciples and said to them, 
the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. After he is killed, he would rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid. We're going to keep reading the rest of the passage, but from this, I'm already beginning to identify and see that the disciples are getting this funny disorientation of what Christ is actually talking about. Because he's telling them, I'm going to be killed, I'll raise again on the third day. But that conclusion right there is more like, but they did not understand this saying and they were afraid to ask him. There's that confusion. Should we ask him? Should we not? What has he said? What does that mean? And there's that disorientation the disciples were feeling. And uh, where God is saying something, but we don't seem to understand what he's saying. And today we'll ask the question, God, what are you up to? What are you up to right now? What are you up to right now? Now look at uh, verse 33, Mark chapter 9. Look at verse 33. Verse 33 says, Then he came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What was it you disputed about among yourself on the road? There was something going on. There was a disagreement between the disciples, among the disciples. And now he's come to the house and asking, What are you guys doing? What are you talking about? But they kept silent, for on the road they had disputed among themselves who would be the greatest. And he sat down, called the twelve, and said to them, If anyone desires to be first, he will be last. If anyone desires to be first, he will be last of all and servant of all. Then he took a little child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said to them, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Very interesting passage here. Very interesting passage. Number one, one of the things I, 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 I noted from, uh, from this passage is, I think our first problem is the sin of comparison. I think our first problem is the sin of comparison. You know you're walking and you begin to look at your neighbors and your neighbors seem like they're they are walking faster than you're walking. They seem like they're walking faster than you. No wonder we get that feeling of, I'm not moving. I'm not moving because you're comparing your speed to your neighbor. You're comparing your speed to your colleague. And I think personally that the first problem is the problem of comparison. Now, these men, for the disciples, part of their disorientation is they're not focusing on what Christ is doing. They are focusing on who is the greatest. I think I want to be greater than so-and-so. I want to be greater than so-and-so. Who is the greatest among us? The disciples were comparing their service and their status and their level of importance to one another. And I think that is why they were disorientated. They left the main thing. The main thing is what Christ had told them. If you look at verse 30, then they departed from there and passed through Galilee and he did not want anyone to know. For he had told his disciples and said to them, the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of men and they will kill him. This was a teaching he was giving them, his death, burial and resurrection. But they had missed it because they were comparing themselves. Who is the greatest? And the saying is true when someone said that we are okay until we peep at the neighbor's wallet. You're okay with your 5,000 until you peep in your neighbor's wallet and realize, hey, let me ask 50K. 
we are okay until we peep. We begin to compare. We are okay, but when comparison comes into the picture, we lose morale. We lose morale. There's a famous picture in the, one of the Olympics that I remember of Mike Phillip when he was swimming. He's focused on the finishing line, but the guy who was supposed to have won, him is looking to find out, is this guy near me? He's looking behind to look at his opponent instead of focusing on the finishing line. We are okay until we peep at the neighbor's wallet. Do you remember the workers Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 20? He found a worker and told him, hey, would you like to come and work in my vineyard? The guy said, yeah. He said, I'll pay you a denarii. He found some other guys, I think, halfway uh, through the day, and uh, they still agreed to the same denarii. He found others in the evening who worked only one hour, and he paid them the same. At the point of paying, he began from those who had worked the least. He paid them the denarii, and they compared themselves, and, and they started saying, hey, look here, man, we've worked the whole day. How come you're paying us the same way you're paying someone who has only worked one hour? To which he replied, it is not lawful for me to do what I wish with my own things. And he said this. This is something I never noticed from the scriptures. He said, oh, is your eye evil? Because I am good. I don't know what that means. I will let you guys do some more research. He asked him, is your eye evil? Remember that eye that peeps at the neighbor's wallet to compare? I don't know if that's what he's talking about. But they began to compare and he said, and then he told them, guys, look here. When we were arguing, one denarii was okay. And you worked knowing that's what you're getting. And it's exactly what I've paid you. But when comparison comes into the picture, the denarii, the one denarii is not okay anymore. It was okay at the beginning until we compared. And then he says the same thing. He says, so the last will be first and the first last. The greatest is the servant of them all. The first will be last. He brings it up again. I'm seeing comparison coming up one more time. For many are called, but few are chosen. He says that in Matthew, in Matthew 20. Now let's move on here. In Mark, Mark chapter 9. If you, if you have your Bible open on your phone, you can just simply scroll down as we read through these passages. And then he says in verse 38 that now John answered him and is saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbid him because he does not follow us. But Jesus said, do not forbid him. Why? For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. For whoever gives a cup of water to drink in my name because of you belongs to Christ. Assuredly, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. Christ is teaching something interesting here in Mark chapter 9. And the disciples don't seem to be getting it. They are still saying, oh, look, now even the other guys are casting out demons just like us. And they stopped them. They are still looking at what everyone, everyone else is doing, comparing themselves. No wonder they are not finding the satisfaction. If they were here today, they would not find the satisfaction because of comparisons. Do not compare. What should we do? Let's serve. Let's just serve. Don't compare. But simply serve. Simply serve. Now, people are very difficult to serve. I'll be honest with you. Serving people is difficult. Why? Because, like someone has said, serving others is great until they start treating you like as if you're their servant. I'll repeat. Serving others is awesome. It's great until they start treating you as if you are their servant. 
That's why serving others is difficult because we don't want to be servants. But he's saying, don't compare. Don't compare. Just simply serve. Simply serve. Now, again, writing on this same word, when asked who is the greatest, I mean, among us, and Christ told them the least of them is a servant of all. Just writing on that same word, greatest, Christ once was asked what the greatest commandment is. And he answered, you shall love your, the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Talking about greatest, what is the greatest commandment? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second one is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Now we began by talking about not comparing but serving. And I think the greatest commandment here has for us the ingredient when it comes to difficult service. Where serving others is so difficult, we are tempted to compare the second commandment here is saying, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That right there is the beginning of service when you love them. But then you cannot just love out of the blue. The first commandment that he's talking about seems to lead us to the second ingredient of ministry and loving our neighbors. When he says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And my friends, I believe that's where it all starts from. That's the central place. That's like the anchor point of everything else. The love for God with all of our heart. Now, I've not done much study on this verse, but it causes me to wonder, why does he say, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind? According to the heart, he's not referring to the organ. The soul and the mind, all of them seem to be invisible to us as a human being. He's not describing something that we can see or touch, but he's saying you must love the Lord your God with all of it. This is our thought about this. I began to think that the mind is more like where you begin to process, where your thought process begins, your, your thinking, you're making sense of things using biblical principles. Love the Lord your God with all your reasoning. But the heart seems to be the seat of the answers. As you were reasoning, the heart becomes the seat of your convictions. Think of it, I think teacher soldier is here, as a math problem. Two by two is equal to four. Two by two, you begin to think, how do I multiply two, two times? That is in the mind. But the conclusion, the product which is four, sits right there in your heart. And say, I will love the Lord my God with my convictions. Think of them as conclusions. And the soul is everything that you are. Is everything that you are. Now, how do we love God without extent? I've begun to think about Psalm 42 that says, As a deer pants for the water, as a deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? That Psalm, I've thought about it, and I think it was Bruce Peterson who brought it to my attention the first time. And he asked the question, does my soul thirst for God? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Does my soul thirst for God? As the deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts for you. Can we say the same thing about our soul and heart? 
Do we wake up in the morning and cannot wait to hear what God is saying? And I begin to think this is where true satisfaction comes from. When we know for sure that we are in the middle of God. A couple of questions that Eliana has posted down here. What do you think God is up to in your life this season? Is the sin of comparison something you can identify with? Is what In what ways has comparison had an effect on this season? And number three, what can you start doing today to shift your focus to what really matters to find satisfaction in God? Aina, are these questions you've thought about? Would you like to share with us what your thoughts are, briefly? Yes, yes. There are questions I have picked. Yes, those are questions I have been able to uh, reflect upon as you shared this evening. Uh, and um, one and for number two, the sin of comparison and the effect that has had on me is there are times I would compare myself to others and even get depressed. And that's something I, I have had to also deal with this season in pushing that away and being grateful to God for everything, even the tough situations that have come my way this season. So yeah, M says, yes, comparing. I watched a YouTube uh, video from a fellow teacher who really tries to do her best, but she felt insufficient. And she shared this in order to encourage others who could be in her position. So it is good for us to actually share our experiences so that others know they're not the only ones struggling with this thing. Thank you, Ems. We're going to be praying shortly uh, together, but I will ask Grace uh, to join us and then lead us in prayer as we close. Something we shall share together I think is very interesting. He said, lockdown has told me that God is in control uh, of everything. I've been out of job since March, but I've hit so many milestones during this period. And these include getting married, awesome, and getting back in Uganda, debt free. Getting, getting back in Uganda, debt free. I think that's awesome. I'm humbled and amazed by the fact that I could not achieve the same uh, without God. I think that's what you meant to say, without God on my side. No, but thank you so much again for sharing. I said I don't even know what to do during weekends. No fellowship, no soccer. <laughs> he said, I've always thought soccer is uh, one major thing that brings us together as a family. God has used the lockdown to do that even much better. I've experienced God's faithfulness and discipline. Thank you so much, Robert, for sharing that with us. Anyone else would like to share something? Please go ahead and share with us as we get ready to. Thank you so much, David. Thank you so much, Eleanor. Thank you for um, just sharing with us and encouraging us. Amen. Amen. Amen.